our class with everybody from around the world. And, and some of these guys worked at Mission Star restaurants, the Fat Duck in London, places in Barcelona, places in Madrid. And the really cool thing about it was the first day, everybody's like, oh, I work here, I work that. Everybody's got an attitude. And after the first day in school, four of them cut their fingers <laughs> because they've never worked with the one-sided Japanese blade. So everybody at the, the next day, everybody starts at kindergarten. Good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. This is a 30-minute show dedicated to sharing an inside perspective of the Epicurean world here on Nantucket Island. You will hear from those voices who've helped create and represent this fascinating place. And lastly, we hope to educate on wine, healthy cooking, and the agricultural and sustainable community here on island. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Camille's Demi Hour. This is your host, Camille Broderick, and we are in the studio with our first chef of the season, Sean Dernan. He is a sushi-trained chef from Tokyo, but he is on island, and he's been working part-time at Nantucket Culinary Center, but also has his own private sushi services company where he can cook and teach or just feed you amazing sushi. Welcome, Sean. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about your background, how you came to Nantucket. Yes. Um, your awesome experience in Japan and in Tokyo. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to do some kind of sushi 101, and then we're gonna you're going to prepare a couple dishes, right? Yes, we're going to do some some nice uh, dishes with all fresh seafood. Awesome. Okay, so you came to Nantucket what year? I came here in 2011. And what brought you to this amazing island? <clears throat> I was working in uh, Colorado at Nobu in Vail, and I uh, was looking for water work uh, outside of the mountains and I answered an ad online uh, on starchefs.com and it was to uh, work at Lola 41 they were looking for a sushi chef and that's how it started and you that's how that's how and... it started coming out here yes so working there yes right out the bat coming out of the gates uh, that's a very busy restaurant that's where I really learned how to cut my teeth <laughs> and so when did you end up choosing to go to Tokyo and really focus your energy and your time in this cuisine um, it was probably about my second year uh, that I had the idea of going to school. Um, I'd already gone to culinary school, uh, but when I really started looking at sushi seriously and reading about it, uh, I wanted to go to the best school. And I know there's there's a few in the States. There's one in New York, and there's uh, the Sushi Institute in uh, Los Angeles. But I really wanted to go uh, to the source. So I sourced it out and found out about the Tokyo Sushi Academy uh, in Tokyo and researched it and what it takes to get there. And it takes a lot of money. It was a, a very expensive course and to live in Tokyo uh, was not cheap either uh, and a lot of planning. What was the experience like? It was brilliant. Everything about Tokyo is, it's refined and it's organized clean. Yeah, I mean, it's like New York. I don't know, it's not New York. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like New York in terms, it's a vertical city, but I mean, just the traffic, the organization, uh, the train system, the food, the people, the discipline. It's 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 so refined. Right. And especially over the past few years, they've really hit the global market in regards to high-end cuisine. They, yes. In 2008, they were entered into the Michelin Guide and Currently, they have 15 three-star Michelin restaurants in Tokyo. Yes. Which I think we were saying exceeds uh, North America's um, uh, con or concentration, concentration within a city. Concentration, yes. Um, and a lot of those Michelin stars actually go to ramen places. So you go in and all you do is have ramen. So imagine how amazing that ramen has to be, right? <laughs> were you trained in ramen at all or is it I, just sushi? Uh, no, 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 no ramen. We never yeah. got to ramen. That's, yeah. that's the next course. 
So how do you define the cuisine of sushi? Yeah, so sushi, I mean, the term sushi means uh, vinegared rice. Su means vinegar, she means rice, right? Mm -hmm. So sushi in itself, the course was based around raw fish. It's all about raw fish Mm -hmm. and the technique of breaking down that raw fish and the proper way to cook rice and then technique of your nigiri and then technique of... And then it goes just back to the technique of breaking down fish from, from whole salmon to little uh, sardine to squid mm-hmm. to octopus to kin pie to uh, kin may die to snapper. I mean, we we're breaking down five different kinds of fish a day. Is it commonly more served just raw fish in Tokyo versus we're famous for the rolls and everyone right. eats it that way. But mm-hmm. real sushi is uh, is what? Real sushi. If you If you go to any great restaurant in Tokyo or Japan for that matter... Uh, rolls are almost don't exist out there. Tamaki rolls, yes. But the, the sushi bars that we went to, it was all nigiri, which is the rice over and sashimi, and then maybe a few hot items. When you went to Tokyo and you studied, uh, what was the lesson when it comes to defining quality sushi and what makes sushi excellent versus average uh, sushi? The ingredients. Just like anything else, it's freshness. The ingredients, the freshness. I think if yeah. you're gonna if you if you're gonna do something great, you got to start <clears throat> with the best ingredients. Uh, the Skiji uh, Fish Market uh, was right across the street from our school. So at five in the morning, I'd wake up and go and have breakfast, and the market would be opening, and it would be just buzzing with the business <sighs> Japanese men going around, and you walk around, and you're just like, whoa. So those are the markets that you see on a lot of those food shows. Yes. It's the largest market, fish this, market in this, the world. This, they And they, oldest. They auction off the, the best tunas. The best tuna, $10,000, $20,000 tunas. And have you been in that auction room? Yes, have yes, you seen? Got, it was part of the class. We got to go in. So get, is it true that only certain chefs can actually buy it, and they have access to certain things? Well, is it, how fair is it? That's very true. That's very true. And who who's the top bidder, right? Yeah. Who has the fattest... Uh, pocket and uh, who was the best broker obviously right but i mean walking around skiji market at five in the morning is is like nothing you've ever seen oh, it, yeah. it, it's the most freshest it doesn't even smell like fish yeah it just smells fresh they say if fish smells fishy it's right. not then it's, it's not, not yeah, fresh of course not right of course, yeah, no it's not fresh fish right if it smells like fish the anatomy of each fish is broken down in certain ways and each part of that fish is utilized in different manners of sushi mm-hmm. it's not just you hack this piece and you do this and you do that there's a reason behind the fillet and the right side and the left side and the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, and and the flavor and, and the, the proportion and sizes. The proportion with the leanness, where's the leanness, where's the fatness, right? right? So that all ties into to, to the to, to the freshness of the ingredients and technique, which is defines Japanese sushi. And that's what I learned in school is when you watch these senseis, our sensei, he has 35 years experience. Yeah. He opened up restaurants in New York and Japan, and now he teaches at the TSA and you watch this guy and it's just like wow I mean you're you're in awe because it's the real thing and he just makes it look so easy and you're just like oh the most important thing I learned about school was how much I didn't know about sushi and do you feel that you're mastering it for life it's always going to be oh oh, every oh yeah I'll never I'll never top out I can be the best (laughs) I can but I mean when you've been brushed by greatness and rubbed elbows with those that make the the best. You're like, wow, I should have started this 20 years ago. Wow. So, so where do you get your fish? Uh, I get two, uh, from two places. Uh, some, sometimes from uh, Connolly in Boston and um, Nantucket Seafoods. Uh, he has really good uh, tuna and sometimes also get it from sales. What's your routine when you go pick my, out your fish? My routine is if, if I have an event, let's say I have an event tonight or tomorrow, and I've decided what fish I want, 
this and that. I walk in and I have to visualize, I have to see it. I have to see what's selling. I, I could say, oh, I want this and that. But if I don't see, if I don't see that tuna loin that looks beautiful and it's big eye and it's from Hawaii and I can see, you know, the marbling on it and whatnot, I have, I have to see it first. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't look good, then I'm going to buy it. Because not all the fish that comes in is, I mean, it's fish. It's so perishable. So you have to, you have to start with a 10. Because as each hour goes on, it, it's, it's not going to be, as you fresh. know, as, as you transport it and this and that. But you, so you have to start with the stellar ingredients, number one. All right. So before we start doing a little demo and a little tasting here, I would love to uh, reintroduce you again. We are speaking with Sushi Sean Dernan. He is a chef and he has a private sushi services company uh, where he does private events and teaches even sushi making uh, to people who are interested in or for those people who just want to eat some good sushi. So before we go on, I think it's fun to talk about some basic terms in sushi so yes. people feel that they really are, are aware of, uh, you know, the basic, the 101s. Um, the 101s. So a quick, some vocabulary I'm going to shoot vocabulary. out at you. All right. Okay. What does sushi grade mean? Sushi grade. Sushi grade, uh, um, I think that's a term that, that's overused. If it's sushi grade, it's probably the most expensive tuna or the most expensive yellowtail or the most expensive salmon. It's It's the top grade. So when they say that, that's top grade for the restaurant and they can serve fish raw. But does that mean necessarily there, that it's the best fish they no, could? No, it doesn't. So it doesn't. it's sort of within the discretion of the chef of that restaurant yes. to call it sushi yes. grade. And also, and also to talk to your fish purveyor yeah. that this is sushi grade, uh-huh. that that's the highest. So yeah. that it's not going to be cheap by right. no means. It's not going to be your nine ninety nine salmon, right? It's probably going to be your $21 salmon a pound. And talk about nigiri versus sashimi versus rolls. <laughs> uh, it's so easy. Oh my god! All right, hey, so, not everyone knows this right, stuff. So, we gotta so just get to the there, basics. All right, so 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 right off the bat, sashimi is just the slices of fish that you'll just raw su- fish, no raw rice, fish, no right. rice. Nigiri is uh, with the little rice ball underneath that's formed. Nigiri means uh, he grasp. can't say that without doing it with his hands. It means grasp <laughs> uh, to hold in in Japanese. So that's the one that you grab. Uh, and then rolls, maki, M-A-K-I. Maki is like what you're used to, like with a California roll, with a tamaki, mm-hmm. uh, spider roll or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you get down to different types of rolls, like if you have a spider roll, that's a, the short, uh, like fat one that's called futomaki. Mm-hmm. And there's futomaki. Uh, hosomaki, which is the long, skinny one with the seaweed outside. Oh, yeah. And um, I came across the word of omakase. Omakase. So omakase, if you ever go to New York City or Boston, um, you go to a nice restaurant, <clears throat> Japanese. If they have omakase, it means that it's like the chef's choice. Ooh, so you'll yeah. you'll spend maybe a couple hundred dollars, and the chef will course you out. So he'll be in front of you and say, "Okay, well, listen, it's going to be a seven course meal. Could be a ten course, mm-hmm. and he's going to start very light. It might be mixed with sushi, nigiri, some maki. Might have an, a hot item also, and then he's going to. It's like a, the chef's choice of maybe up to ten. 10, ten, uh, ten courses. It's like yeah. a tasting menu. Yeah. 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 And um, wasabi. Wasabi. So wasabi. Uh, and I correct that. Real wasabi. Real wasabi. <laughs> so in America, uh, real wasabi is only sold in two places. Okay. So so, so powdered wasabi is, is horseradish. It's powdered horseradish, right? And then they put some green dye in it. <clears throat> and then that's how you get wasabi, right? Mm-hmm. That's every restaurant has that. Real wasabi, there's only two places in Japan that it's sold. One's in Hokkaido and one's in the in the southern part. And real wasabi, it, it, it's like, think of a carrot. If you snip the top off and you snip the bottom, that middle part, that's the wasabi. And it has to be grown 
in flowing water at a certain degree. Really? Uh, yeah. So it's I like grapes. I figured it would be a root or no, something. No, it doesn't just oh, stick. Wow. No, 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 no. And it's got to be grown at a certain temperature and enough shade throughout the day and sunlight. Wow. So two places in the States do it uh, right now. Oregon and a place outside of, um, oh, sorry, Vancouver. Vancouver and Oregon. Speaking of Vancouver, places. you're a Canadian, are yes. you not? Yes, I am. <laughs> Hopefully I am. I am. You can get some uh, some access to that. Right. Uh, awesome. All right. So why don't you tell us what you're going to make us today? So, all right. So I brought some food. I brought uh, I brought some really fresh fish. I just got back from Nantucket Seafoods. I got some big eye tuna. Uh, I have some taco, taco, which is uh, some octopus. We're going to make that quick pokey, right? Popular pokey. It's a hot yeah, item pretty on common the menus. Stuff, yeah. you know, pretty common stuff. But I mean, to make it right is like minimal ingredients and, and, and good stuff. Great. Then we're going to do some, uh, some hamachi, um, a truffled hamachi with a truffle ponzu and some serrano. Pretty Someone simple. must have told you I love truffle. That's great. That's, right? Well, truffle goes that. really nice with fish. It, it does. It does surprisingly. It, it, as, as powerful of a flavor it is, it yeah. has some harmonious factor with It does. Yeah, it, with it, fish. It, it works well with the bite and mm-hmm. cuts the fat. And I mean, it's it works very, very well. Great. Awesome. Um, Can't uh, wait to see your knives and okay. let's get started. Let's start breaking it out? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone, again for listening. We are here in the studio with Chef Sushi Sean Dernan. We call him Sushi Sean. That's just sort of his nickname. But he is an on-island chef here, and he is going to do a little demo. Three three tastings we're going to do today. We're going to do so three, three tastings. What yes. are we going to start with? So we're going to start. We're going to start with a, a very simple pokey. Um, so <clears throat> start out right off. It's the first time I've ever made sushi in a radio station. Uh, <laughs> but I think we're all set. So you know, pokey pokey is very simple, right? And it consists of maybe four or five ingredients, right? It's going to consist of um, octopus. Today we have big eye tuna. Uh, we're going to put some avocado in there. We're going to put some. Um, I don't use soy sauce. I like Bragg's amino acids. Some people don't like the salt saltiness of like cumin soy, so I always use Bragg's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to do some radish and uh, a few other ingredients. But we're going to start with the basic. So if you can see here, so we have a nice. Two beautiful legs. Oh, those look right. Yeah, beautiful octopus. Yeah. Um, it's so white. The skin's nice and pink. Um, it looks really tender. So you just braise this for a really long time to get it. This like this. this yeah. yeah, these are the, these little taco tacos are about eight pounds when they start. Uh huh. And then when you cook them, they shrink. I mean, this tentacle right now is maybe fifteen inches. Yeah, just about a foot. And. It's probably about four times that size. Oh, wow. And you have to dip them in three times, and the legs will start to curl up. And then this guy, yeah, this guy is probably about four times the length of that. I feel the braise on a good octopus is the definition of a good cook, too. So if we start, right, with this guy, we're going to put our octopus down. And then we start with our tuna. So he has this huge chunk of tuna. It's like six inches high and four inches thick. It's beautiful. And so the same thing, that all begins with, Camille, great ingredients, fresh. Yeah. I mean, I just, I got this two hours ago, just before I came in. So, so And do you know where the tuna's from? This, so if this is Big Eye, this is probably from Hawaii, uh-huh. Pacific Waters. It's not bluefin. Um, I can tell this is actually caught pretty soon because you see, it's not super, super, super firm. This, this is very fresh. So when it's, he's squeezing the fish and it's bound, it, it, it's pretty malleable. So yeah. Uh, so that's a good sign? Yes. Yes. 
And it's nice and cold if you touch it. Your yeah. tuna should always be cold. Mm -hmm. Your fish should always be cold. Nothing should ever arrive warm mm -hmm. or under temperature. Some right. chefs even use a thermometer, one of the laser thermometers, to see the internal temp, and it should be sitting at 35, 36 degrees. Anything higher, you send it back. If you're serving Roger raw that. food to people, it's a risky it situation. It better be good. Yeah, it had better be good. I I think sushi is is, is probably one of the most volatile cuisines out there right you're, you're serving raw fish to people and right. it has to be well yeah has to be done right right <clears throat> and by somebody also that has a practice hand and what well it that's the thing i think there's so many sushi restaurants that people have sort of been desensitized to what they regard as quality this quality and then once you get that really good fresh cold beautiful piece of sushi it is it's a life-changing i think sushi moment then you yes. start becoming addicted to it and crave it so you just cut up an avocado. He's mixing yeah. that in with um so right now he just has a beautiful platter of the chopped up uh, braised octopus, the raw big eye tuna, mm -hmm. and some avocado. What we're going to do to mix this one up, we're going to add some caper berry. Ooh. So caper berry is like... That's your yeah, it's salty like a, component. Yeah, it's the salty component, right? Yeah. So we're going to take off... Those are beauties. This guy, caper berry, is very seedy. You don't need much. But then at that point, that's why you don't add the soy to it. Mm -hmm. You know, we use the Braggs. So where do you get your recipes from? Things you like, uh, things you've been taught, um, or just what you what you have available to you? Part of all my travels. Yeah. So I lived in Hawaii for two years. So um, you really hit the main spots. <laughs> when I was a younger man, yeah, I, uh, I, I traveled a lot with food. Um, when I was cooking, this is all pre-sushi. And um, so everything I do now... I mean, derives from one dish that I've learned in the past, uh, one dish that I learned from a chef or an idea of something that somebody had of like, okay, how could I make this mine without right. without plagiarizing, right? right? <laughs> Not like anyone would know, really, unless you did the miso black cod from Nobu. Right, yeah, <laughs> I know, exactly. But now everyone does that anyway. I think he's created that dish as a universal dish, like a taco or something. Um, so like the next dish I'm going to do... So he's added some julienne radish, some microgreens on top of, uh, again, the tuna, octopus, mm -hmm. and avocado yeah. with the capers. And then he just topped it off with some beautiful little fish roe, some yeah. mini black. Some black caviar here. Caviar. Wow. Sparing no expense here at w <laughs> WNCK. Okay. And we're just going to put our brags. Finishing off with a little sauce of, what is that exactly? Amino acids, brags. So it's not soy. So this is all vegetable based. Mm -hmm. Vegetable and bean based, so there's oh, no there's great. no salt. It's called Bregs. Bregs, yeah, Bregs amino acids, and so this is a really good. Excellent. I guess pokey it's right time. there. All right, pokey it up. Pokey it up. <laughs> that first that? bite makes you want to go back for seconds. That's that's always a good sign. Mm. I mean, and you can add to this, right? I mean, mm -hmm. a pokey. That's the good thing about sushi is like, it's your own interpretation. You could you can add to it. You could put sesame seeds on here. Yep. You could add. Um, it's great. You have it's you know, all garlic, ginger, whatnot. I'm trying to keep this very clean to mm -hmm. let, to to allow the flavor of the tuna and the octopus shine. Right. You right. don't want to. The thing the thing about sushi is not to overdress. You want you want the fish, and that to be the star. You know, if you start adding 15 components to it, then you're not tasting tuna. You're not tasting the octopus. You're not tasting the yellowtail. You know, you can add dots of shiratsa and all this great stuff, this avant-garde stuff you see on Instagram, but it's got to be simple and clean. 
when you start you start adding too much you're losing you're losing the soul of that food right it's like a good pasta dish right you don't have oh, 20 the ingredients the best ones are like three the, ingredients just three ingredients yeah awesome. so you want that balance well that's delicious all right so on to the next on to the next for this one so the next dish we're going to do we're going to do a, a play on one of nobu's dishes but what i've done and i've always had a hit with it is hamachi with a truffled ponzu and Ooh. serrano and some cilantro and Ooh, it's, it's very nice it's very nice so you have now a beautiful piece of hamachi yes and uh you're just taking nice slivers yeah about half an inch thick uh, maybe, maybe a even less, less than that yeah so always cutting one stride always cutting one stride is beautiful that's like a 12 inch knife Isn't yeah that? so that's called an inagi inagi but if you see japanese blades are one-sided mm -hmm. so they're not two-sided like your regular so the blades one. on one side one side so yeah and this hamachi if you see you always cut against the grain kind of like meat same thing so we are going to we'll take our hamachi this is beautiful this is the belly so it's a high fat content Ooh. with each sliver he's folding it in half and and cascaded up right and cascaded on a long platter he's so gonna dress the, it with a little that's the that truffle the, that's the truffle ponzu truffle ponzu and ponzu's ponzu is like um um yuzu which is japanese citrus mm -hmm. and so it's like soy and, and citrus soy citrus yes and then um pickled so i pickled onions. some veg i pickled some japanese um cucumbers right over here oh great and these are red onions i love so, pickled red onions one of my favorite such yeah. a fun ingredient makes so many things taste good and so what happens is when you when you add pickled veg anything to like a fatty fish it cuts it cuts the the fattiness of the fish, right? Mm -hmm. so some of your cilantro. Finishing off with some cilantro. Some good herbs. For the heat, because we have the sweetness in the pickles. Mm -hmm. All right, and the jalapenos are going on top. Awesome. Just beautiful. Um, sorry, serranos. Serrano we'll chilies? about five or six. No, not oh. chilies. No, no peppers. not chilies. Peppers. Yeah. Serrano yeah. peppers. So we're going to put those on top. Yeah. And cascade them out. Not too much. And then we're all set. So simple. Oh goodness, we don't have chopsticks. That was one thing I, I should have brought some. What? I should have brought some. Here they are. I brought them right here. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Oh, here we go. It just smells so good. You wouldn't think that cold food could have so many aromas. Well, this is by far my favorite. It's sweet, fatty. And the heatness, right? Mm. From those serranos. See, you want a good balance, though. You don't want, you don't want mm. too much. You know, the Japanese don't like really spicy food. Mm. Clean, clean flavors. It's mm. all about clean flavors. And that hamachi's out of this world. Mm. Well, I will say you are meticulous with your knife and your cutting board. He's cleaned his knife probably 20 times already. <laughs> so, I mean, those are simple things. And that's what sushi is. It's about small things done right. Period. 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 That's it. Full Very stop. simple. Yeah, full, full stop. stop. Thank you so much. Sean, it's been a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for sharing and bringing all this delicious fish. It was so generous of you. But if you ever want to see him, he does classes at Nantucket Culinary. He also does his own private events. So. <clears throat> I just launched my website this week, sushishan1111.com. Awesome. Well, great. Happy sushi and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Camille. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Camille's Demi Hour on Nantucket's NPR station. Tune in next weekend, Saturday and Sunday at 1.30 p.m. Cheers. <laughs>
And I would like to thank my sponsor, Nantucket Culinary. Food is love. Food is learning. Food is fun. Welcome to Nantucket Culinary, a home for sharing, celebrating, and conserving the island's unique heritage. Events, dinners, and classes. Come join us downtown at 22 Federal Street on the corner of Broad and Federal. Come on! 